Welcome to the Making Connections podcast with your host, Spencer Raposo. This podcast was made to interview current registered kinesiologists in Ontario and talk to them about what they do and where they see the future of the profession going. The goal of the podcast is to get a conversation going about kinesiology as a regulated health profession in Ontario. Each episode, we'll bring on a new guest with loads of experience as an ARKIN that will share their story and any advice for any new ARKINs and kinesiology students about current opportunities in the field. In this week's episode, I interview Rebecca Adaman, PhD student at McGill, but also a huge Arkin advocate on LinkedIn, if you haven't already seen all her articles. She was one of the first people I knew I wanted to interview for this podcast. She originally connected with me through one of my LinkedIn articles. Even before the podcast came to be, we connected through phone calls chatting exactly about what we talked about in today's episode. About halfway through the episode, I'm pretty sure my Wi-Fi got really bad, so bear with the awkward pauses while Rebecca speaks and the podcast will transition back to regular programming. Hope you enjoyed this episode today, and if you enjoy it, please remember to follow and subscribe to the Making Connections podcast on all platforms. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Spencer. How are you? Can you hear me okay? Awesome. Yeah. So uh, first things first, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, taking your time out here for uh, the first episode of kind of the Making Connections podcast where me, Spencer, Raposo, I'm going to try to communicate and talk with different Arkins kind of in Ontario, talk about um, how you got to work and kind of what you do for work and kind of where you see the future of kinesiology going. So I just wanted to kind of say thank you so much uh, before we kind of get started. No problem. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So Yeah, Yeah. and we've talked before about trying to getting this conversation out there in the world. So hopefully this kind of gets uh, some people talking. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So how I kind of want to start is um, talk about kind of how long you've been in our kin and kind of after that go into uh, kind of your background story how, how it was for in terms of school wise and how you got to where you are now so uh, I've been an Arkin since 2015 I wrote the exam and challenged the exam in 2015 um, about a year after I graduated so I graduated in 2014 and how I got to where I am now, um, when I did my, my bachelor degree, I really loved the more academic side. (laughs) I was, I enjoyed the clinical side from the standpoint of I'm applying this academic knowledge. I'm seeing how it works in real life, but I wasn't myself passionate about the clinical Mm -hmm. environment, which isn't, yeah, which isn't, overly usual yeah. I don't think um, so I, I have a very different um, career path um, 
So when I finished my degree, I, you know, I knew that I didn't want to do a clinical profession. So, you know, going into kinesiology, I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a physio. Maybe I'll just be a kinesiologist. All of those things are clinical professions. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. So around my third year, I realized, you know, the clinical environment isn't what I'm passionate about. And that was something that took me a while to wrap my mind around. Um, and it, I realized in my fourth year when I really got to thinking, you know, what did I really love about this degree? And for me, like I said, it was the more academic side. So what I ended up doing is I decided to go do a master's um, in anatomy. Anatomy was my absolute favorite course. I didn't really know if, you know, I was super passionate about research. I didn't really have too much exposure to it in my undergrad, um, not mm -hmm. hands-on exposure anyway. And so what I ended up deciding to do is I did a, a master's in anatomy at Queens and yes. that, yeah. And that master's program was very focused on, you know, education. And I could really, mm -hmm. really have a lot of uh, opportunities to, to get a background in higher education, which is an area that I was, mm -hmm. you know, I would volunteer as a peer tutor and I just, I liked, yeah. you know, working in a more educator kind of role. So I actually, you know, that was the perfect degree for me because I really loved anatomy. I really loved yeah. doing things that were very hands-on. Yeah. Um, I can't, I don't know about people that would agree with that, that being my favorite, <laughs> but uh, that's why. I know. A little different than the, the regular I'm not student. Very, no, I'm not super usual, but, you know, you know, I found, I think the important thing to take out of this is I found something that, you know, if you'd asked me two years earlier, there's no way I would have told you that's where I was going. But, you know, an examination of what I really enjoyed, what I was really passionate about that I found in my kinesiology degree, this was the perfect direction for me. And what was amazing was when I came out of this degree, um, you know, I was in Arkin, so I challenged the exam uh -huh. and I had this master's in anatomy and I ended up landing in like, like a perfect job <laughs> for myself. So I worked at the University right. of Waterloo for a few years um, mm -hmm. and I primarily taught human anatomy there. Mm -hmm. And human anatomy at the University of Waterloo is housed within the Department of Kinesiology. Mm -hmm. So I also had the opportunity to to teach courses that were, you know, exercise prescription and management, those things that were very much from my kinesiology degree. So mm -hmm. I used the full breadth of my knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, so that was amazing. And I really got to connect with, you know, so many student kinesiologists. And I never went to the University of Waterloo. So, you know, the environment there was different for me. Yeah. So seeing how kinesiology is taught at different universities is also really eye-opening. It's also very interesting. Um, so that was a really amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And now I'm currently a student at McGill. So I've gone back to school. Mm -hmm. I love school so I am, much, right? So we established I, that. I love it. <laughs> I just can't get away. Yeah. I've gone back to school at McGill and um, I'm doing research primarily in education and health professions. Mm -hmm. So I won't go into more detail. I'll just broadly keep it at that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so... You know, I've always been very interested in advocacy, in continuing education. It's something that I've, you know, 
done kind of in my free time, especially focused in kinesiology. And especially mm-hmm. when I, you know, had the ability to open up things like, you know, the human body donation laboratory at the University of Waterloo, when I had the ability to say, well, you know, I am a key member of this lab, I can say, I think we should run a workshop, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I could offer that to the community. So, you know, that really piqued my interest in this area. And after my master's, you know, I said, I will never do research again. <laughs> like it was very trying. It was very trying for me. It's research is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but now yeah. here I am <laughs> being a PhD. Yeah. So. I had to research for essays in school and that was enough. <laughs> so, yeah. good. good on you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So now, you know, I'm, you know, living the PhD life mm-hmm. and, uh, which is a little weird, actually, going from working for a few years, going back to being a student is yeah. a bit of adjustment. But no, for sure, for sure. In, in my spare time, I, uh, you know, I, I still try to keep up with the profession, especially in Ontario, because I'm going to keep up my registration in Ontario, even though I live in Montreal now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, really, I'm, you know, working on trying to expand, you know, my network connections in kinesiology in Quebec. Mm-hmm. and uh you know that's that's kind of where I'm at now yeah. so my career path I guess overall has not been very straightforward yeah. but I've I've really I think if there's one takeaway for people looking at where I am thus far it's you know always embrace the opportunities that come mm-hmm. your way and never you know never be like well this is the final yeah. decision this is what I'm gonna do you know, always be open to explore something or something unexpected. Mm-hmm. You never yeah. know where you're going to get. So, yeah. So one of the reasons too, that I wanted to really talk with you uh, on the podcast, mm-hmm. and one thing you were kind of unsure of, like, oh, if I was a right candidate for it, because like, you maybe you're looking at more mm-hmm. clinical kids and stuff like that, was that your career path in term- is a lot different and you're a registered kinesiologist in terms of more, mm-hmm. more in the research and you look at more of the advocacy and at the health profession and such. So your, your case is really unique, whereas I'm sure there'll be a lot of other people who talk to you, kind of go to school, write the exam, work as an art can, which is pretty much mine. So mine's not as exciting as yours. So that's why it was kind of interesting it's to see like different. your experience. <laughs> yeah. Your experience as like a, a yeah. kinesiology student and being an art can and you're, you're avidly as um, some people I know in like the advocacy for the profession you've written fair amount of articles that's kind of how you first kind of contacted me because I've been doing a little mm-hmm. bit of the blogging slash just article writing just to kind of get the word out there and you, that's how we kind of got in contact and you more of recently I've seen a lot more of your your work so um that's kind yeah of- so yeah it's something that you know when I worked at the University of Waterloo, I felt like I had more direct access to, you know, for advocacy. Mm-hmm. I was, well, A, I was in Ontario, so it's easier mm-hmm. for, for that reason alone. But I also had access to 300 kinesiology students in every year mm-hmm. at, at the University of Waterloo, right? So, and, and I was, you know, I, I was very present in almost every year of their education. It did depend a bit, you know, if they took courses that were more focused on what I was teaching, but I knew so many of those students very, very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, it's not like they graduate and you lose contact with these people. Mm-hmm. They graduate and they, you know, you 
struggles that they're having finding a job, the, you know, the, the difficulties they're having deciding what they want to do next in their career mm-hmm. path. So I was able to be a much more, you know, available on kind of an individual level. And I still do. I still talk to plenty of my former students. And if they reach out to me, I'm more than happy to try to help them out in any way I can, give them advice, whatever. But now that, you know, I've, I kind of stepped back from that and I've kind of taken it all in and said, you know, I hear the same refrain again and again and again. What can I say about that? What do I want to say uh-huh. about that? And so it's not like I go out every month and say, I have to write an article uh-huh. every month or however many articles I've written. But sometimes, you know, like I'll, I'll talk to somebody about kinesiology and they'll just come to me. I'll say, this is what I, this you know, concept brings everything that we've been talking about uh-huh. together. And I want to write about this, see what people think about this. Yeah. And actually, I had a really, the best part about it, sorry, and the best part about this is conversation, like it grows and grows and grows. And you can really connect with some really interesting people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's most exciting for me about this is, Yes, there's there's definitely person to really connecting with people at a level, like mm-hmm. on a broader scale. Like that is also very you know equally satisfying. That's something I hadn't really tried too much, even though I recognized that that was something that was needed, mm-hmm. and I basically just decided. built on my own experience the old guard of the people in the college in the uh, Ontario Kinesiology Association Mm -hmm. like I I do know plenty of those people but my experience is mostly shaped from the fact that I am a you know a, a new Arkin and the people I work with most mm-hmm. often are also new Arkins. They're students. They're mm-hmm. they're challenging the, the the exam. They are, you know, they've been out mm-hmm. in the workforce for a year, two years, three years. So that's uh, all those things coming together. Really, I've yeah. really started to get it more into it now. No, and so that's the same thing I too. Like that for sure. when I would write something. It would be something that I would think about or talk to someone with, and then it's like I have all these ideas, so I might as well put it to use instead of just thinking about it and then not doing anything with it so um Mm -hmm. but yeah no I want to Mm -hmm. say like yeah you definitely do a good job in terms of helping to advocate like you I've seen you're in the articles for like okay but even self-assessment stuff um I even I thought Mm -hmm. I recognized your name before and this never came up in our conversations before but I've seen your name before in an article and I think it was a modified Delphi study about kin that I read like a while ago yes. that you did. And I was like looking at yes. it and I was like, oh my God, I read this and it's Rebecca was like oh, a part <laughs> of this uh, in that. So it was just funny to kind of see that later after and notice that. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. was actually so research I did that. during my master's. That was, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That really that really got me started. Like I've always, ever since I graduated, been interested in advocacy and it's just, mm-hmm. you know, 
the experience I had, the ability I had, the time, the connections I had that dictated what I could do. So during my master's, you know, I, mm-hmm. I had the ability to do research. So yeah, that's what I did. I was like, how can I mm-hmm. you know, put this profession forward using the skills that I have? And that's uh, how, how I approached it. And actually that was really interesting because my uh, research out of that really was focused mm-hmm. on education was how I, I mm-hmm. then used information from that to approach my thesis. And that's how it tied in with my mm-hmm. anatomical sciences masters. Um, but, and, but trust me, it worked out. Um, but that was interesting because I really had to reach out to people in the department of kinesiology to get those connections, to be able to do research in this area. So the one question that I really wanted to kind of go over with you, um, which is mm-hmm. one of our favorites that we kind of talked about previously with our <laughs> initial phone calls, kind of where do you see the future of kinesiology going? And I know we both rambled on for, I don't know, maybe probably half an hour last time, just shooting ideas and stuff back and forth. But <laughs> so yeah, like, so in, in the span of five, five, 10 minutes, we'll, we'll try to kind of put your ideas out there into the world and then we'll leave a little mm. bit of time after for any advice that you, you've already given a little bit of tips for people kind of after you finish your master's and going to PhD, but finish with any advice for any kinesiology students that are currently listening or new arkins that are kind of listening to the podcast. So you can leave them with a little something, but first, where do you see the future going, especially yourself? So you're really in, in it in terms of doing the research, seeing what's out there, like you're doing your, your, your PhD on the advocacy. So you're definitely one of the best people to talk to about this and seeing where it's going. So kind of summarize your thoughts in terms of that. Yeah, so I think, I mean, as we've said before, I when we talked about this previously, I really think, to be honest, you could very simply sum this up and say, you know, I think kinesiology really has to get into its niche of prevention, of preventative medicine, Mm -hmm. of, you know, getting away from the niche that most kins are currently fit into, which is rehabilitation Mm -hmm. um, and working with other um, health professionals that you know work in that space mm-hmm. and I really think like the biggest problem really facing kinesiology right now is that the health uh, for the maybe the only time ever like, I can't think of another good example but I think you know educationalists right now like universities are so far ahead in this game they were so far ahead of recognizing that this is something that the healthcare system needs is this prevention of disease of, you know, bad health outcomes to make it very, Mm -hmm. you know, basic. But, you know, the healthcare system hasn't caught up to that. Our healthcare system is really based on treatment. You know, someone becomes ill and then we treat Mm -hmm. it. It's not, Oh, someone has, you know, um, someone has a background which says they're, you know, likely to get diabetes. Mm-hmm. 
we don't say, oh, we, we should prevent mm-hmm. that. Instead, we, you know, kind of wait for them <laughs> to become diabetic mm-hmm. and then we treat them. Uh-huh. Um, so the difficult thing is that, you know, the healthcare system just isn't there yet. Yeah. And I think it, it's getting there. I mean, for me, the evidence of that is, you know, insurance companies are starting to, um, they're starting to, you know, give funding for kinesiology services. Mm-hmm. And from an insurance company perspective, it's a company. So it's bottom line is what's important. Mm-hmm. And you can either look at it and say, okay, people are demanding kinesiology services be covered, which mm-hmm. is awesome mm-hmm. if that's the case. Or, and or, you could look at it and say, well, insurance companies recognize that if they encourage their clients to get this service from kinesiologists, mm-hmm. they end up making more money in the long run. Mm-hmm. And that's a cynical way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. But, but the market is the market in business. That's how they run. The market is the market. Yeah. So if you look at that second point and you say, okay, well, if, if what they mean really is that kinesiology services, if you are, you know, getting preventative treatment because the insurance companies cover prevention as well as rehabilitation, doesn't discriminate generally. You just need mm-hmm. a doctor's referral, like for any other rehabilitation specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's telling me the insurance, com- insurance companies have run analyses saying that, yeah, like fund kinesiology services because in the long run we'll have to pay less money out for whatever you know illness this person may mm-hmm. contract or may develop because preventing it costs less. Mm-hmm. So. So to me, you know, you have the private companies kind of getting on board with this, the insurance companies, and that means like it's only a matter of time in my mind that the public system will also recognize that this this is a cost-saving measure. Mm -hmm. To fund preventative care is a cost-saving measure. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know how long it'll take. (laughs) The government moves very slowly. Mm -hmm. But, But to me, those two points have to be probably in combination for the insurance companies to do what they're doing, mm-hmm. which means there's no reason the public system wouldn't eventually move in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could, we could talk about the, the, the Canadian healthcare system for ages. Mm-hmm. So let's just leave it there mm-hmm. because I could really go on about this for a while. Mm-hmm. This is a, an area that I've, um, I'm spending time in a little bit with my research, yeah. uh, but you know, it's coming. It's, painfully slow mm-hmm. i'm sure you know kind of the people that have worked as kinesiologists for 10 20 30 years have been watching this very very slow progress yeah. for 10 20 30 years mm-hmm. but it's happening i mean you can see the evidence of that yeah. so no for sure and like one of the things too is like yes i work in as a kinesiologist in a rehab setting but generally i'll see a lot more people near the end of their their treatment and at that point, mm-hmm. I'm really looking at more prevention and educating mm-hmm. them. So in a sense, mm-hmm. I am sort of doing that. But how they got there was because of something else. So, yes. so but also the other thing is that just getting not only do you need to, yes, get all the private companies on board in terms of the insurance and et cetera, that usually funds all this extended health benefits, um, but also it's just getting the prof- known to so the public is aware and the public mm-hmm. will be the main driver 
not the main, but be a major driver in terms of if those services should be provided to mm -hmm. the other public. So just the advocacy is a big deal. So people are aware of it. And I think that's one thing that's lacked was I never like in school, you don't know what a kinesiologist is. Like even mm -hmm. when I was in graduating university, I went to like some COKO like seminars like okay like write the arcan exam i'm like okay so like what do they do it's like so broad and mm -hmm. which is fine but you also the public doesn't know about it so it's hard for those services to be done if people don't know so that will be another main barrier and thing that we need to work on we've seen mm -hmm. increased advocacy and get people to know physiologists and putting it out there mm -hmm. and that's that comes down to us as like registered kins that help drive the profession, but also all the different associations to kind of get the word out there. And so that's one of the main things that I really want to push with this is look at more of the advocacy and just getting kinesiologists kind of known. And then from mm -hmm. there, it just helps snowball it to more seeing it in like a more preventative healthcare setting. And that's one thing that I've always thought kin should be and which kind of aligns with your thoughts and ideas is, yeah, everyone knows exercise and movement is good for you and not to move is bad. You know I mean, it's kind of one of those things everyone know, but why isn't it being utilized? And yeah, kins mm -hmm. uh, can take care of that kind of niche or space and educate people more on movement is like health and movement in association together. So yeah, like I definitely can definitely see that happening, but um, that's why I kind of wanted to put this out there so we can get the ball push the ball a little bit further, get the ball rolling a little bit more because hopefully in my time as a kin, I would love if that were to happen because even myself having like people like family members I love uh, and showing them and educating them about exercise and stuff like that, like they're not sick or anything or having mm -hmm. disease, but it's good for them just to learn how to be active and educate yeah, them just because it helps them prevent themselves down the road from any, um, anything going forward. Mm -hmm, definitely. There's one point that I, I think is really important to make here about advocacy. Um, I think it's really important to recognize, or for me, this is, this mm -hmm. is how I view this, is we know that a lot of kinesiology students go on to do, you know, postgraduate degrees for other mm -hmm. health professions, especially. But I mean, a lot of them go into, you know, research mm -hmm. degrees like I did. A lot do... Mm -hmm. subsequent degrees. But I think it's very important, regardless as to what degree you mm -hmm. go on to do, to recognize that, you know, if you valued your undergraduate degree in mm -hmm. kinesiology, if you valued what you learned, if you believe it's important for the well-being of society to apply that knowledge, even if you yourself aren't. So for example, me, like I'm, I myself, I'm not necessarily applying all my knowledge day in, day mm -hmm. out. From but, still, but I yeah. value that that yeah and I and I I mean I did challenge the exam but even if I was someone who didn't and I said you know I do value my degree in kinesiology I think it's important for those people also to recognize that they have a huge role in advocacy mm -hmm. in the profession so I actually wrote an article yeah. last week. I haven't <laughs> shared it yet. I just read, I just saw it the other day. It was so. okay because it was this was something that I was mulling mm -hmm. over for a while, and 
you know, I was just, I was talking to my good friends from my undergrad and I think almost every single one of my good friends went on to, to OT or PT mm-hmm. or Cairo. Um, and, you know, I was just talking to him about kinesiology and of all my friends, of my really good friends, I am the only one who really, you know, advocates mm-hmm. for kinesiology, um, even though I am not in the clinical profession. And I was kind of like, you know, you guys, like, why are you, I feel like you almost are ignoring mm-hmm. your undergraduate degree. And a lot of them will come back to me and say, well, you know, I, I trade on my postgraduate degree. I'm like, that's fine. But, you know, if you have the platform or you have the mm-hmm. influence, or even if you don't, you just, you, but you still have the background in kinesiology, like y- you could very, very easily bring that up to people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing something where you're like, oh, like this is really coming from my background in kinesiology, or I know I learned this in kinesiology. Mm-hmm. Like a kinesiologist could be doing yeah. this right now, even though I myself am not a kinesiologist because I didn't mm-hmm. challenge the exam or, you know, that's not the title yeah. I trade on. I think it's important for those people to, you know, not forget what their mm-hmm. undergrad was. I think their, their ability, their, influence is really really important so for example like one of the one of the things I kind of looked up Mm -hmm. because I was really curious you know how many people graduate from kinesiology each Mm -hmm. year in Ontario and I think the number was like almost 2,500 kinesiology Mm -hmm. students graduate every year which Mm -hmm. is a huge number from all the schools in Ontario and then I just looked it up just just for fun. That's what you do as a research student. Many... You research things for fun. That's what I do. You, could, you can see what's yeah. coming out here. So I looked up, you know, how many, how many spots were there for physiotherapy programs mm-hmm. every year in Ontario. And it was just mm-hmm. under 600. But physiotherapy is so much better mm-hmm. understood, is so much more accepted by society. Like their value is like seen mm-hmm. to be higher, even though physiotherapy you know, not so long ago was an undergraduate degree. You know, it's, to me, it was, it was a very interesting comparison because if you had this, you know, all 2,500 kinesiology students, you know, not necessarily challenge the exam, become our kins, but if you had all those people every year recognizing the value Mm -hmm. of their degree and even just, advocating it as individuals just acknowledging just through acknowledgement mm-hmm. of their degree I think that would change so much just the threshold of individuals that would be helping mm-hmm. the profession even if it's not necessarily their profession yeah. it's still their background it is still something that made them who they are today mm-hmm. so I think that's a really I to me that's a, a point that I Think yeah. it's really important to me. Yeah, and that I'm not. I don't want to call people. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do. I'm just saying these people could be very, very helpful, yeah. and I really recognize that. And I hope those people recognize, mm-hmm. you know, how how powerful they. Yeah, can and be. that comes down with like educating um, the students when they're in university, and that they're they know, and getting the word out more in terms of exactly what you're saying, because some people kind of just use it and don't really know what an Arkin does. And they kind of use their degree for other things, not knowing kind of what kinesiologists 
are, are, are able to do and how they could be used. So I think, yeah, it comes with a lot of the advocacy, but mostly like exposure to students because it'll be like the next wave of students um, out there that kind of will help spread the message. But no, definitely, I definitely agree that mm -hmm. it's a, kind of the same idea as like exercises medicine um, as well, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you, I know you are familiar with. But um, before we mm -hmm. finish off uh, today, I just want to kind of give the opportunity to um, give a little last few words or things for any and anyone who's listening that are any kin students or new kinesiology, uh, sorry, new registered kinesiologists that are kind of starting up out there. And I know uh, you, you got you to write up parts in my previous article, but even if you want to reiterate it or add anything else here at the last part before we kind of wrap up here. Um, I think I've mostly kind of said everything that I would want to say to people who are, you know, are entering any next stage mm -hmm. of their life yeah. is just to, you know, be open, be open to mm. opportunities, be open to, you know, maybe taking like a little zigzag on your way to where you thought you mm -hmm. were going or changing where you thought yeah. you were going. Um, but, you know, beyond that, I guess I would, I would say that if you want to be, if you decide like you are really passionate about kinesiology, you love the clinical environment, that's what you want to do then I think right now the profession, it, you know, it's difficult to, to mm -hmm. enter into. But I think it's also true that it's changing. People are recognizing, you know, the value of kinesiology. And with that public recognition of our value, mm -hmm. then, you know, entering into the profession will become easier. Mm -hmm. So if you're discouraged because you're looking for a job and, it's difficult or, you know, the, the wage that they're offering is lower than you thought it really should be. If you know it's lower than you think mm -hmm. your, what your value is, you know, don't be discouraged of that. I think it is changing. A lot of people are recognizing this. A lot of mm -hmm. people are working on it. And I think at this point, it's, you know, really recognizing that to help, to help everyone as individuals in this, in this mm -hmm. profession right now, we have to really stand up for collective, like us uh -huh. collectively as an entire profession and really advocate for us collectively. So I know yeah. it's hard when you're entering a profession to be like, I have to advocate for us as a collective and not just advocate uh -huh. for myself, but, but recognize, you know, that's, that's kind uh -huh. of where we are. And there's a lot of factors for that. Um, but it's, things are happening. Yeah. So it's looking, looking I, more positive. I agree. There's things like this podcast I heard that's coming out. Uh, they're going to be talking about stuff like this. <laughs> Anyways. Who's doing it? Oh, the <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like talking no, about no. another one. And I was like, no. what? I've what talked doing? to other people before about wanting to do one, but then it'd be under like Arco was talking before about doing something similar. But I was like, no, I'd rather mm -hmm. do something on my own and kind of figure it out just like this so then I can kind of personally connect with people and kind of have do it on my own kind of terms and stuff but anyways yeah and then I mean the politics with Arco and the OKA and uh, I just I don't want to get yeah. involved so <laughs> so I just want to finish off there and just really say like thank you for taking time out today and this evening to uh put your thoughts out there in the world and uh 
really continue. Thank you for advocating because it's making both our jobs and life a little bit easier when we can get the word out and help spread the message of kinesiology and kind of see where the future is going. Because I agree with you 100% in terms of where, where it, it is going. Um, but we just got to help kind of push it there. And I hope this podcast and this talk gets one extra person to talk about it. And that's really all I can ask at this point is just they're going to get more people to talk about it. So people are familiar. And so, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to really say thank you so much for doing the podcast here and, uh, I'll get it all up and record it soon. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say thanks. No, thank you. Just like I thought it was going to be. It's it's always fun to talk mm-hmm. about this kind of stuff, even though even though sometimes it's frustrating to think about mm-hmm. it. It's you know, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. an easy topic when it feels like sometimes it's controlling mm-hmm. your life or controlling your prospects, but it's important to talk about. It's important to mm-hmm. get it out in the open. That's the only way we can come up with a solution. So or move mm-hmm. towards a solution. So happy to do it well i want to thank all everyone who's listening here who's listened to the end of the podcast your time in today to kind of uh listen to us speak so thank you to everyone that is listening and uh look forward to more podcasts uh coming out in the future looking at probably one a month right now maybe more if i can get more people going but uh if you have any comments questions concerns you can comment or write on the Facebook page, which is Making Connections Podcast. Um, Also, there'll be a link up in, uh, I'm sure Rebecca will share this on LinkedIn, and I will as well, Spencer Raposo, our kin, um, and then kind of hopefully you can get the word spread. So thank you to our listeners and have a good night. I want to thank everyone for listening today. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to the entire full podcast. If you liked what you listened to today and want to hear more, please subscribe to the Making Connections podcast on whichever platform you're listening on now. And remember to like us on Facebook and LinkedIn pages.